When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So your Warriors are now 5-1 and one and 4-0 and oh on the road. I've talked about this in the early season. Players and Steve Kerr, they've talked about it. But just looking at how this team is now versus last year, I mean, hey, said it's night and day in terms of the vibe and they're back to being that franchise, that Warriors tight-knitted team that just goes out and wins, right? Like, I know Steve Kerr doesn't want to talk about last season so much, but it got brought up after the Kings game. And I just got to say that if you've listened to me talk on this podcast before, you know that I love what Draymond has done over the years on the court and whatnot, but his his way of addressing last season's punch and the chemistry and saying that it sucked and he didn't like coming into work. I mean, you know, that's understandable, but the reality is like he brought that on himself. And for folks who say Jordan Poole crossed the line, it's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I personally don't know what he said. If you know what he said and have it verified, sure, you know, hit me up and let me know and tell me why that is worth getting smacked. But you know, it's one of those things where the narrative right now is a little twisted because uh, Jordan Poole doesn't talk about it. He's on a team that is losing badly and it looks like it's going to be a really, really uh, terrible team this season. And Draymond's on, again, a winning team, marquee team, and he is the one that is shaping all this stuff. So I don't hate Draymond. I'm disappointed in last year. I am getting past as a fan, right? Last season was so ah, just brutal, <laughs> kind of traumatic that you just want to like get away from it. And watching Draymond on the court, helping this team win, that is why we love him and watch him play between the lines. And when Steve Kerr goes on the radio and says that, you know, it's unfair to blame Jordan Poole, he's right because it wasn't just, Draymond, it wasn't Jordan Poole, it was Steve Kerr, it was the veterans, it was Steph, it was everybody. And I'm not saying that they directly did anything to blow up chemistry, but hey, you know, not holding Draymond accountable and enabling him because they wanted him to be there for ring night, to get ring number four. Steve Kerr gaslighting everybody all season and not really letting people know I guess rightfully so. He didn't want to create too many distractions. But, you know, that the punch, saying that the punch didn't affect anything until the season was over and admitting it, that's something too. So, you know, all this stuff about Draymond saying like it was tough to come work. It wasn't Jordan Poole. He was not the poison in the locker room. Hey, he may have been the poison in terms of falling down after every layup and turning the ball over and playing no defense and taking bad heat check shots and, you know, dancing around when he should be focusing on staying in front of his man. That is what 
Jordan Poole's flaws were last season. And I'm not here to be a Jordan Poole apologist. I'm not like his biggest fan or anything, but just the way this has all kind of been uh, spun and how people bring up last season. And it's like, oh yeah, whatever was bad about last season is gone. But, you know, and that has weird implications. But anyway, anyway, because I'm all about accountability in that respect. But, but this is about basketball. The Warriors, they are 4-0 on the road. And you just love, love, love to see that. They had a tough schedule given to them where so many of their early games are on the road. But once you start squirreling those away, building confidence, all that stuff, then you really, really got something. Because then you just get more games at home, you get momentum, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm admitting that I wasn't a big fan of the in-season tournament thing. But, you know, give it to Adam Silver, like... Once you create like that competitive environment, I think all of a sudden people will just start buying into it. And that game against the Thunder was super exciting. I mean, the Thunder, they were playing without Shake Gilders Alexander, and that was really, really impressive. Those young guys, what Sam Presti's built over there. I mean, seeing Chet Holmgren finally play in the NBA, uh, that kid's good. <laughs> That's, that kid's really good. And just every single dude that they've drafted over the last couple of years, is a player and they have good chemistry uh, and they have so much energy. And it is, it was a stark contrast to watching some of the Warriors older players. It's like, wow, it almost looks like when you're uh, in college and let's intramurals and you're seeing like the old grad school heads play against like the, the young college guys. And it was, it was a, a fun to see the ending where Steph put the layup up and uh, the floater and uh, Draymond got called for a goaltend, all that stuff. Hey, they waved it off. I, that, that's awesome. I always thought that touching the rim in an obvious way is a goaltend. So I'm good. I'm good with the call. They said it didn't affect the the shot, you know, and it didn't affect the basket going in. I know Giddy had touched the net, and that's also technically a goaltend. So maybe the wisdom of the refs was not about following the letter of the law, but more or less uh, canceling out and just doing what they think is right. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Maybe that's a homer take, but I will uh, accept that. I like what I saw from Jonathan Kaminga in the second half. I like his aggression and all that. And hey, looking at him, what I like watching is that he's developing his game at all three levels. We know he can get to the basket. We know he can get into the post. We're seeing more and more his mid-range game from the elbows and uh, the free throw line. And we know that his three-point shot is getting better and other teams are going to have to uh, pay attention to that. So keep an eye because like that is what's impressive. We see his athleticism and we also know that he can work on some of his in-game decision-making and moving the ball a little bit more quickly. But those three levels are going to be huge as he becomes more prominent in this offense. And defensively, you know, as long as he keeps moving and keeps putting in effort, he can be dominant on the defensive end now and into the future. Chris Paul, 13 assists, zero turnovers, which is, again, awesome, amazing. A lot is being made of the fact that he is, what, one for 21 this year shooting from three but i mean so what so what you know what i mean it's because the warriors are five and one chris paul's one for 21 from three 
Like Chris Paul is a point oh four oh five percent three point shooter right now this season, but he's a thirty six thirty seven percent shooter on his career. So if you play the law of averages, then he will get close to that, right? If they were one and five instead of five and one, you're like, oh man, Chris Paul, they need that, but they don't. And if he gets closer to that, and again, they keep going in this direction, then that will just make them that much more difficult to beat. How's that for optimistic? Even if there's a drop-off, say he shoots 35%, that's good. (laughs) That's better in this scenario that they haven't needed him to score the way that he has in the past. And he's taking care of the ball. If, If, again, the... Warriors didn't have Chris Paul and instead of 13 assists and zero turnovers, they as a team collectively had four assists and three turnovers, you know, or six assists in his place and, you know, five turnovers like they don't win this game. So all these little things contribute and you don't need Chris Paul to be mid-career point God Chris Paul. You need Chris Paul to hold things down and that's exactly what we're seeing and you know i love it i love it it's fun and you know this tournament still kind of weird to me but uh honestly i kind of i kind of want the warriors to win it now before i was like "Ah, i didn't care i thought it was like a, a marketing thing which it is but at the end of the day these games are competitive the uh floor designs are pretty intense but Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. The Warriors got the Cavs on Sunday in Cleveland. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.